0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Drive, the podcast for girls and guys who love Formula One. I'm your host, Courtney Ross, and I am here for you every week to bring you fun and educational content while hopefully making some new F1 friends along the way. So if you love all things Formula, then I highly recommend you hit the follow button to join the community and get notified every time a new episode comes out. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Drive. I hope you're all having a wonderful week so far and thank you for either listening in or watching if you're seeing this on YouTube. It's in its early stages, it's a work in progress, but if you want to come along on the journey with me, I would really love it if you subscribed to my channel or followed the show if you're watching... Watching. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever program you were listening through. So, turkey. Turkey, turkey, turkey. Anyway, (laughs) I'm in such a dumb mood. Um, Yeah, turkey. So, I'm exhausted. Not sure if anyone else (laughs) that watched it from Australia is as well. But yeah, I committed and I stayed up and I watched it live. And straight after the podium ceremony, I was like, I'm going straight to bed. (laughs) But from all my other Aussie friends uh, that I know that watches it, uh, we are all in the same position. So, but. And the worst part is it's only going to get worse from here because if you look at the schedule um i'm pretty sure austin is going to be a 6 a.m race for people here um on the east coast of australia and brazil is something even earlier like qatar is like 4:30 a.m Ugh! and then i think saudi arabia is like 2 a.m or something and i was like oh It's just gonna get worse, but you know, what can you do? Anyway, Turkey, let's talk about the Turkish GP. So what did you guys think of it? Because for me, it was probably one of the more boring, not boring, more uneventful races that I've watched. And um, I think it got to like lap 35. And I think I was on either social media or Googling something and I thought, Mm. not the best sign like I'm clearly not that engaged in the race if I'm googling (laughs) but I still stuck it out because I was like I've made it this far I'm up to 30 laps already I may as well wait And do the extra twenty five or twenty eight, whatever is left. So, but let's go back to Friday first. So going into it, we knew that Lewis Hamilton would be taking a grid penalty. So he upgraded his combustion engine, which meant that there was a ten grid penalty for him. Uh, and the other one was Carlos Sainz. He did a full power unit change. So he would be starting at the back of the grid. The other thing we saw was the new livery for Red Bull, which at first I thought mm, <laughs> kind of looks like it's been dunked in a tin of <laughs> Dulux paint or like white out or uh, liquid paper. I don't know what it's universally known as, but if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put a picture here, but um. Yeah, it, it was so stark white that I was like, Ew. but then after a while I thought, actually it looks pretty clean and crisp and fresh. And I was a fan of it. So going back to the track, it's a very power sensitive track, particularly with the last sector, cause it is quite slow. And oh, turn eight, beautiful. I love turn eight. The fact that they have to hit like four apexes on the one corner. I was just a big fan of it. I really, really liked it. So let's go back to Friday in the practice sessions. So it was fairly windy and I can't remember if it was overcast at this point or if it was sunny, but the wind was proving to be a bit of a a problem for a lot of the drivers, particularly down the back end of the track. We had a few people having spins, a few little close calls. But nothing really unusual happened in the two practice sessions on Friday. We saw the classic queuing up that we normally see in qualifying, so I was a bit surprised to see it happening in a practice session, but everyone was sort of queuing up around the back of the track to try and create a gap to you know, do their laps that they wanted to do. And we saw like a classic Kimi moment on the radio, which, just sort of like reminded me that he is leaving at the end of the season and that it's going to be sad when he does because yeah it was just like a classic moment for him complaining about water in his boots which I think ended up being his own fault anyway and then when we went to FP3 that's when it started getting wet and rainy and there was pockets of water all over the track it was quite glary so that would have been difficult for the drivers to try and manage as well and I'm pretty sure that every driver at some point did a doughy down at turn nine (laughs) like it was just one corner that just kept catching people out uh every time they came around and on the track there was basically like two driving lines that people could use but if they went off it they were spinning off the track immediately so yeah it made it quite interesting actually because you could see them testing different lines and being like oh no, no, nope. (laughs) And one of those people was George. He had a a bit of a spin off the track at turn two. And thank God the gravel actually pulled him up before he hit the barrier. But yeah, that was quite a close call for him. But one person that just looks super comfortable was Max Verstappen. Like, even in the rain, he would just look like he was cruising around without a problem. He just made it look so easy. He looked completely in control of the car and... I know he's a really good driver in the wet, but I was just like, you make this look too easy. (laughs) And we nearly had an accident in the pit lane between Kimi Raikkonen and Mick Schumacher. And again, it just came down to an unsafe release. But I don't understand how this happens so much. And particularly in a free practice session, (laughs) what's the rush? Why aren't they checking (laughs) before releasing drivers i know there was only about five minutes left in the practice session but i was like really (laughs) like is it necessary (laughs) maybe we need a red light green light setup sort of like in squid game if you've seen that (laughs) just to make people like pay more attention to it like it's it shouldn't be that difficult but a really good outcome from the session was that the top three fastest drivers who were Gasly, Verstappen and Perez were all Honda, you know, power unit cars. So that sort of was a good sign for the race to come on Sunday and and qualifying for that matter as well. And by the time qualifying came around, the sun was coming out, the track was drying up, but rain was due, I think about five minutes into the session, which basically meant that every driver was like, I'm coming out. Like I need to come out and get a lap in before the rain. And it looked a bit messy to be honest, like all the drivers were having like little hiccups and problems here and there. Um, Carlos Sainz had a spin, Lewis I think might've lost it at one point, Max Verstappen did as well. And in this mad dash to try and set a lap time, like so many lap times were being deleted and it was just like, what is going on? But by the end of Q1, every driver just kept setting a quicker lap time. And so it was like, ugh, no idea who's gonna get out here. And coincidentally, um, Mick Schumacher out of all people got into Q2, which I was like, go Mick, great job, great job. So I think the biggest talking point for Q1 was Ferrari and Carlos Sainz. And you have to admit, their strategy was genius. (laughs) And if you don't know what I'm talking about, basically Carlos came out, he did one lap, and then he returned to the garage, which makes sense because he was starting from the back of the grid for the race. But they were warming his tires, and I noticed that, and I was like, why are you warming his tires? And then I realized when I was looking at Daniel Ricciardo's time, I was like, he's either struggling because of the wet and doesn't feel comfortable in the car, or he is not in a good position out there and and just hasn't been able to set a quicker lap time. And all of a sudden, Carlos comes straight back out, sets a quicker time kicking out Daniel Ricciardo in Q1. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) you have to give them props. Like they directly eliminated a competitor and then in addition to that because he was in q2 he helped leclerc get a nice little toe and um help him set a quicker lap time for his starting position so i was like carlos like i mean i know you're starting at the back but well done son like (laughs) it was so good And then in Q2, turn one continued to be a problem for a lot of the drivers. There was a lot of spins, people going off the track at that area. And the other disappointing thing was George getting kicked out in Q2, which he was setting such a good lap and then just lost it on the last corner and yeah, just ruined his time. So pretty disappointing for him for qualifying. And then in Q3, we basically saw the results of Hamilton, then Bottas, Verstappen, and then Leclerc. But with Hamilton's penalty, it bumped Bottas up into pole. And yeah, it was a pretty good result. Shout out to Gasly as well, because he managed to get P4, which I was like, well done. Well done. So good. So then we come to the race. (laughs) And it was super muggy. I think they said like the humidity was like 95%. I was like, ugh yuck i would hate that but the track was still quite wet quite moist if i can say that and um yeah they all basically had the intermediates on uh to try and like disperse the rain off the track and and try and get a bit of a dry driving line and i put my predictions on i had Verstappen to come first Hamilton second and Charles Leclerc to come third and (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) So there's about 170 meters down to the first turn and it wasn't carnage or anything bad, but we did see Alonso have a spin after making contact with Gasly, which Gasly got a five second penalty for, which I actually thought was quite harsh because he was kind of sandwiched between Perez and Alonso. He didn't really have anywhere else to go, so I thought the penalty was a little harsh. And there was a really good battle between Daniel Ricardo and Carlos Sainz. And Sainz got him, obviously. But I think it just really showed the difference in possibly confidence levels between Ricardo and Sainz. Because Sainz was making gains. <laughs> like <laughs> he got he got. Russell, Raikkonen, Giovinazzi, Vettel, Sonoda, and Ocon so he like made up seven or eight places while Ricardo sort of hung around that p16 mark so to me it just sort of seemed like their confidence levels were miles apart like Ricardo's team was asking him like do you think you'll do any better on some new inters? which you know maybe I look into it too much but if that was me I'd be like feeling the pressure like i'm clearly not going fast enough but yeah he did come in he did change them it didn't really work for the first you know couple of laps but by the time they warmed up he was setting lap times about the same pace as the guys up the front so it was the right thing to do the other person was lewis hamilton he made up five places in the first 11 laps and he was even setting the quickest lap times as well so he wasn't messing about he was trying to get up there and then the rain started to pick up around lap 25 and we saw a lot of drivers and teams starting to question the strategy and what they should do and one person who came in was Sebastian Vettel who for some reason was like let's go the slicks. Such a Bad choice, like and a bizarre choice. It was, yeah. I don't know if that was his call, the team's call, a joint call. I'm not sure, but he just came back out and was dancing around the track, and he did one lap. And even on his way back into the pits, when he was like, "It's not, it's not working. (laughs) We've got to swap," he was basically drifting into the into the pit lane. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he nearly hit the pit wall coming in. And I just thought, oh dear, like that would have cost him so much time and places. So I did feel bad for him. But on the other end of the scale, it was actually looking really good for Charles Leclerc because he was in first by this point And he was asking the team about his tire management and sort of questioning if he could stay on his set of tires to the end of the race. And they were sort of umming and ahhing about it. And I was like, ooh, like he might actually take this out. This is, this is good. But they ultimately brought him in, which I think worked out to be the right strategy for him. Another person was Hamilton, who was sort of umming and ahhing about coming in and doing a tire change. And he had done 50 laps on these tires. And I think the team was sort of encouraging him to come in and they eventually did it, but he ended up coming back out behind Perez. So, He had to make up some ground if he wanted to be able to get a podium. And when he did come back out, he was really struggling. Like Gasly caught up to him, Norris was on his tail as well, but his tires came good and he was able to hold them off. But as we saw, he didn't make any ground or get a podium finish. So well done to Bottas. Like I am so, so, so happy for him to get a win, finally this season. And I know a lot of people shit on him, and I say this in like every episode but I'm a big big fan of him and a lot of the time he gets caught up in team strategy or being you know the second man to Lewis Um, and I think because Lewis was behind him in the race this was his golden opportunity to just like he did he took the lead he managed it well he tire managed really well the strategy was on point point. And it just all worked in his favor and yeah he got to reap the benefits of it and then to see both red bulls up there fantastic like so 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 good i was very happy one for the points for the constructors championship but also for max because he's now taken over the drivers championship and a shout out to my boy driver of the day carlos signs How good, he finished in 8th. Which, if he didn't have that unusually long pit stop, which was like 8 seconds, he might have even made a few more places. And a few other mentions. So, Alfa Romeo, they finished 11th and 12th, which I was like, really decent for them. (laughs) Pretty good, they should be happy with that. And Ocon. Esteban Ocon did the whole race on one set of tyres. And if you looked at these tyres at the end, you were like, (laughs) they were not in good condition (laughs) but basically now there is only 36 points between mercedes and red bull in the constructors championship and max took a six point lead over lewis in the drivers championship so very very stoked about that i'm super keen for austin although it's going to be like 6 a.m in sydney time so don't know if we're going to be waking up that early for that i don't remember the last time i had to get up that early (laughs) But I think it's going to be really interesting and I think it's going to be close for the rest of the season between the two, between Lewis and Max. Let me know what you guys thought of the race. I think it got a little bit uneventful through the middle of it there. The highlight for me was watching Carlos. I was just like cheering him on the whole way like, yes, get another one, get another one. like Just making his way up the field, which was really really good for him and for Ferrari but that's basically everything that stood out to me from the Turkish GP but I would love to know what you guys thought of it and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and I will catch you in my next episode. Bye!